Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2306. Today, another week, another episode of the week, as it were. And this is probably the most episode of the week of all the episodes. <laughs> we're looking back at season one of The Mandalorian, and this is about episode six, The Prisoner. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So this episode is dropping on Monday the 26th and technically, well not technically, actually, <laughs> this is the first of the Mando Mondays and so we'll be talking about what happens with that on tomorrow's episode. The actual Mando Mondays event is apparently happening, or at least this kickoff is happening as a rather big event. It features a, you know, some sort of live stream situation happening or video release. I'm not quite positive, but it involves Pedro Pascal and Giancarlo Esposito and Carl Weathers from The Mandalorian, at least that's who's been announced so far. And also from the Star Wars side of the house, or at least the Lucasfilm side of the house, it features Andy Gutierrez and Kristen Baver, Baver? Oh, sorry, Kristen, and Anthony Carboni. And so that's who's been announced so far. And it looks like a bunch of products, but you know, we'll see if there's anything that has any other story reveals. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode. As far as this episode and this particular episode of The Mandalorian, though, The Prisoner. So I was looking at reviews of this episode online as I was doing my research for this particular episode of the show. And while the reviews are generally positive, I think the one negative review that I came across was basically around the whole, you know, this is the you know world of the week and it's not advancing the overall plot line. This is the stuff that we've been talking about a little bit here and there and that we also talked about when the show initially debuted. But you know what? Yeah, I mean, I will say that for you know all of its you know lack of connection to the broader story, if you will, it is still one of the most enjoyable episodes of the show. It's tense. It's fascinating. There's a lot of interesting conflict and character character dynamics happening. I will say, however, that it is not entirely without connection to the broader scale of things. In particular, we find out an important piece of the Mandalorian's backstory, even though we don't necessarily get a lot of details, we certainly get a lot of the gist of things. Basically, that prior to the Mandalorian's entrance into the Bounty Hunters Guild, he used to be running with a crew pulling criminal jobs of some kind that also involved a lot of people getting killed. And I think it's fair to say that the Mandalorian is trying to make a break with that past or has made a break with that past certainly does not view those things in the most favorable of lights he talks about it being you know a job that he had to do and that he did it but 
you know, because of the fact that he doesn't express regret, he doesn't express any sort of remorse over the situation. Granted, he probably wouldn't do that in front of this crew. It might be seen as a sign of weakness or something like that, or maybe he just doesn't want to give them that sort of crack in his armor, a different kind of armor naturally. <sighs> yeah, all of that, basically. I think we are operating under the presumption that it is not who he ultimately wanted to be as a person and as a Mandalorian. He may have said that he was doing it for target practice, and that certainly comes off as a very you know, bad mamma jamma thing to say, but I think it's pretty clear that he has decided to move along a different path. And even though he's a bounty hunter, I would dare say that it's comparatively a more respectable path than the path that he had been previously on. And that ultimately gets verified, for all intents and purposes, by the way that he treats this crew once he's been double-crossed by them. He has every opportunity to kill them, and it turns out that he does not. At the end of the episode, we see Mayfeld and Shion and Berg all in a prison cell on that New Republic transport. It did actually look initially like when, you know, the second blast door closed on Berg. The implication, I think, was that he must have been smashed by it, but... Clearly he wasn't. And when he fights Sean, there is a moment where you hear what sounds like a knife blade going into something and you think that he has fatally stabbed Sean. I think that's sort of the, you know, the idea that we are given and it's a bit of a red herring, I suppose. And then there's the horror movie approach on Mayfeld where the lights are blinking on and off and he's there and he's not there and he's there again and he's closer and all that stuff. So yeah, the episode really does make you think that he has turned, you know, cutthroat and bloodthirsty on these people, but apparently not. He instead has just subdued them and thrown them all in the same prison cell. And he doesn't kill Quinn, and he doesn't kill Ron either. He double-crosses them, though, because all's fair in this sort of situation, right? There's only one character that seems to get killed outright, and that's Zero, the droid, because the Mandalorian doesn't like droids, and it is at a point where it becomes... Not exactly a self-defense thing, but a child defense thing. He has to kill the droid or else the droid is going to kill the child. And yet, and yet, even if the child wasn't in imminent danger, I have a feeling the Mandalorian would have just killed Zero outright anyway. We also learn, even though it's really subtly told, that the Mandalorian is in desperate straits in terms of money. First of all, reaching out to his old crew, that's one thing that indicates that. Another thing that indicates that is that he is still willing to do the job, even though it is a New Republic prison transport, which he initially says is going to attract way more heat than he wants to attract. And number three, the fact that he lets a droid be in on the job, let alone lets the droid fly the Razor Crest. That shows you that the Mandalorian really is in comparatively desperate straits in terms of trying to survive and still keep the child out of harm's way. And the word is continuing to spread throughout the galaxy that things are bad with this particular Mandalorian because Ron says, oh yeah, I heard things between you and the guild aren't working out. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And so, uh, yeah, it just continues to put a finer point on how the Mandalorian is boxed in by his current circumstances, and it's ultimately an untenable situation that he is going to have to face down and address, which obviously starts in the next episode. One other random note to add is that still, the Mandalorian has not 
put an effective locking system on his weapons cabinet because Berg is able to just go beep boop boop and suddenly it opens back up again. So man, the Mandalorian really needs to get a hold of that thing. Even if it's just when he knows that he's going to have guests on his ship, then maybe that would be a good time to implement additional security measures on the weapons cache. I'm just saying, like, yeah, maybe if it's just him and the child, it's not a big deal. But if he's going to have extra people on the ship, he may want to start thinking about locking stuff down a little bit better. And there's one other thing I want to flag as far as the possibility of any of these characters returning in season two, and I'll do that in just a second. It's just right time for me to deliver that daily reminder for this month that if you have yet to review the uh, the podcast on iTunes, leaving a rating or a review, then I hope today's the day that you will do it. I hope I've earned a five-star review from you. If not, whatever feels honest to you. And if you have a few seconds in your day where you can leave a review, it is really helpful and it helps more people find Star Wars 7x7 when they're looking for that daily dose of Star Wars joy in their podcast searches. So again, thank you so much for your support. If you've done it already, thank you so much. And if you haven't, I hope that you will take a couple minutes today to do that. Now, as to the matter of these characters from The Prisoner and whether any of them will appear again, well, first of all, let me just say that there's been no indication that any of them will in season two. There haven't been any sort of casting announcements or rumors or leaks or spoilers or anything like that around any of these characters. So at the moment, it doesn't seem like any of them are going to be reappearing in season two. That being said, we already have an indication that there is another character from season one that we thought we would have been done with. There was every reason to think we were done with that character, and it turns out that we're not. So uh, this is not really spoiler territory or anything like that because it's been out there on social media and it's a minor character comparatively. So don't worry, this is not a big deal. But Disney Plus and the Mandalorian social media accounts have been sharing little commercials for the upcoming season. And in one of them, there's a scene where Grief Karga and Cara Dune are in some sort of control area thing. It looks like they might be in the you know pilot's compartment of one of those Imperial troop transports, like the one from the, you know, Sears thing from the 1970s that they made canon and show up in The Mandalorian in season one, episode eight, right? Anyway, it looks like they're driving one of these things. And in between them leaning into the cockpit area is the Mithral character who The Mandalorian captures and puts in the carbon freeze at the very beginning of episode one from season one. Now we could speculate about that and I'll just say briefly that it seems like they may be breaking him out of some Imperial security facility. That would be my guess. That being said, the point of it related to this whole conversation is that here's an example where we thought we were done with this character and he's showing up again in season two. So the fact that Mayfeld and Sean and Berg are still alive and as far as we know, Ron and Quinn are still alive also. I mean, yeah, the space station is getting strafed by those X-Wings, but we don't see them die. So every reason to believe that they're still alive. That opens the possibility for them to show up again, and there's already been demonstrated evidence that the makers of The Mandalorian are willing to bring characters back when it suits them. So there you go. I have a feeling that at some point we will see them. It may not be in season two, but I don't think we're done with them just yet. And that is going to do it for our look back at The Prisoner, which was episode six from season one of The Mandalorian, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.
Star Wars 7 by 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.